Hello, my name is Dee and welcome to the Business Mastery Podcast. In this podcast, we go through how you can launch, scale and automate your businesses. Now, on this episode, we have the amazing Margaret Wilcock from MW Mortgage and Wealth, who is speaking to us today. She goes through her amazing journey from selling her family home to fund her business up to being a successful mortgage broker and how she actually goes above and beyond for all of her clients. So stick with us and you will hear her story up close and personal. Okay, firstly, I'd like to say a big welcome to Margaret Wilcock from MW Wealth and or Mortgage and Wealth. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm a business owner, obviously. I've had my business in one shape or form for probably I don't know, close to 15 years, maybe, maybe more. Uh, So I'm a mum of two adult boys and three stepchildren who are all adults. So they range between um, 22 and 26. They've all left home. So we have the house to ourselves now, which is really nice. Perfect. Now, I read in your bio that you do a lot of things within the business to be a role model for your boys. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, I guess I wanted to show them that anything is possible if you keep, you know, keep trying. If, if, so, if something is really important to you, you just keep digging in and you keep working at it um, and you keep your eye on the prize and you keep going. And I think I've definitely demonstrated that over the last 15 years because obviously in business you have ups and downs and bad times and good times and um, I think yeah, I think I've demonstrated to them that you just you just ride the storms out, you find a way and you just keep going. Yeah. Yeah, and I think definitely one of the things that you do find in business is those ups and downs. So I guess tell me about one of the biggest challenges that you face within your business. So about, I think it was about eight years ago, um, I decided to go out on my own as a mortgage broker. Prior to that, I was a mobile lender, so still self-employed but I had the comfort of working under another brand or banner. And so I decided to go out on my own. And when I went out on my own, my top referrer, who was referring me about 80% of my business, just stopped referring. So all of a sudden I didn't have that income coming in. And that's scary. Like all of a sudden you thought you had this comfort and, you know, I made that decision to go out on my own because I had that referrer and then he just stopped. So I had to um, find ways to get through that. Um, and it was really stressful. Uh, we had to sell the house. We um, were, it was really dark at times. Um, but I just felt like I didn't have any choice. Every every angle I looked at it from, um, it just kept coming back to me that I just had to stick at it and I had to ride it out. And that's what I did. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I got to the other end <laughs> and I, I'm still here. And I guess, so like you went really deep, like you had to sell your house to make your business work. So I guess, how did you get yourself out of that hole? Cause I'm really curious in, I guess, knowing a little bit about that story. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we, we just made the decision that, well, we couldn't keep going the way we were. We weren't meeting our financial commitments. 
Um, we were getting, I tried to make payment arrangements with everybody possible, but it was getting to the stage where they weren't prepared to keep making those payment arrangements anymore. And we just had to make that hard decision. If we sell the house, we can clear almost all of the debt, not all of it, almost all of it. And we, um, we can keep going, you know. Um, I looked at options of giving up the business and going and working for wages, but I wasn't going to earn enough money. Um, so that wasn't going to be a solution. Um, so it was like, well, you, you just have to sell and I just have to keep going with, with the business. That's the only solution that we have. So, and, yeah. And how did you? It was. Um, yeah, sorry, keep going. I was just going to say it's really hard because that house we sold was our dream home. It was a beautiful home. It was everything we wanted. And I felt like I'd failed. I felt like I'd failed my family and my husband. And um, it was really emotionally um, difficult, yeah. And for years I kept working to try and get that dream home back. I need to get that back for my family because it's my responsibility. Um, and it's probably only recently that I've realised actually we don't need that you know we don't need to have that big dream home it's not important um what's important is how happy we are and how we live our lives um so that was yeah a, a, a light bulb moment for me I guess wow that's amazing that's a really cool story and how did you I guess how did you build your business from the bottom because you lost 80% of your referrals you said how did you build it up from that point like what were your main steps that you took yeah um well I think it was the even though it was the most traumatic part of my business it was actually probably the best lesson that I could learn and the lesson was don't put all your eggs in one basket and that's what I'd been doing I had rested my business on this one referrer and I realized that I needed to make sure that I had multiple referrers multiple streams of of attracting the business and I had to make sure that it was evenly spread so if one stopped it wasn't going to affect me financially anymore um, I also learned that the clients that that particular referral was sending me were not the type of clients that I wanted as an ideal client. So I'm lucky. I think I'm lucky that that actually happened because I wouldn't have changed. If that had have kept going, I wouldn't have changed anything and I wouldn't be, my business wouldn't have the types of clients it has now. So, yeah, I'm... You hear people that say they're grateful when they have these traumatic experiences happen, um, and I and I truly am. I'm grateful that I um, I had that happen because I had to learn um, how to attract new business and make sure that it was evenly spread. And yeah, I'm very grateful that it happened. Yeah, and so what is your? I guess how did you figure out your ideal client? Who do you who do you ideally want to work with now? Yeah, so that's changed as well. I think as you grow as a person and as your business grows, your ideal client changes. And I think also in the environment that, that you're in, things change. In the finance industry, um, there's peaks and troughs and there's, you know, at one particular point in time, you'll get a lot of first-home buyers. And at another particular point in time, there's a lot of investors. Um, so you kind of work what work out what the demand is in the current um, economic 
climate. So what my ideal client was seven years ago is not what my ideal client is today. My ideal client today is I love working with other businesses and I think that's because I want to see other businesses succeed and I want to help them stay afloat and I want to see them do well. So, you know, whether that's helping them buy a house or whether that's helping them get finance for their businesses or expand or tidy up their finances to improve their cash flow. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's almost like giving back. It's like, well, I've been there. I know what it's like and I want to help you. Um, so, yeah, so that's what my ideal client is now, you know, the business client. Perfect. And with that in mind, I guess, what has been your best marketing strategy to date? Like what's brought you in the most customers for anyone out there that's looking to do similar things? Yeah, I think your existing database, my, my existing database is gold. They're the people that, are, that know me. They're really happy with the service that I've given them and they, they spruik what I've done for them. So, um, and what I do is I look after them. I do. I treat them like they're gold and I try to give them more service than they expect. Um, you know, it might be in the way of, you know, thank you gifts or it might just be random phone calls just to check in and say, hey, how are you going? What's happening in your life? Nothing to do with their finances, nothing to do with getting a new a new loan or new business. It's just about I want to stay connected with you and I really am genuinely interested in what's going on in your life. And I listen to what they've got to say and I might find areas that they need connection with and it might have nothing to do with me or finances. It might be, um, you know, it might be something like they're looking for a new gym trainer or a personal trainer. It's like, oh, I know someone in your area that's amazing and I make that connection. So it's about listening to what they're saying to me and keeping my ears open for opportunities to connect them with someone else that might need them. Um, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah, so I think that is the, that's the best marketing strategy is your existing clients. Okay, so from that, I guess I basically, uh, one of your strengths is maintaining relationships and your customer service experience. So talk me through, I guess, how you go about doing that. Um, so from the very first time I meet a client, um, I try not to um, pre-qualify a client over the phone. I've made mistakes about that in the past because you don't get all the information when you're sitting talking to somebody on the phone. It's when you're sitting in front of somebody and you are building up that rapport and that trust and you're having a conversation, things come up in that conversation that wouldn't come up in a phone call. So it's important for me to make that face-to-face -face appointment and and get to know them and they may not need anything right now but I'm establishing that relationship and that trust with them from from now and I say okay here's the plan I want you to do ABC and in 12 months time you'll, you'll be ready to get a loan whereas other brokers may talk to them on the phone and go oh you don't have a deposit yet call me back when you've got a deposit that client's not going to call them they'll call somebody else but because I've sat in front of them and I've spoken and I've 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 got their trust and they've got to know me, they will remember me. And um, and also I keep in contact with them as well, you know, check in six months' time, how's that savings plan going, you know, how's that getting rid of that credit card going? And they 
they they res- they respect that and they like that contact. So that's the first thing that I do. The second thing that I do is that I give them more in more service when I'm applying for their loan or I'm looking for research and I go into the depth of why we're choosing a particular product. Because your circumstances are like this, we're going to look at options like this. And I really explain it to them and I make sure that they understand and keep them informed. Um, I have this sundowner rule that if somebody calls me during the day, I always make sure that I call them before the end of the day. I don't leave it till the next day. Um, if I don't have time to call them, I'll send them a text message and say, I've got your message, I'm really sorry, haven't got time to call, but I will call you tomorrow. So they know, you know. Um, so they appreciate that as well. And then after settlement, I might send them a thank you gift. Um, if I hear that my clients have had a baby, I'll send them a little gift for the baby. Um, they're blown away by that. They're like, you don't have to do that. And I say, no, I don't have to do it, but I want to do it, you know. Um, and then uh, after it's settled, it's about keeping in contact with that client and just checking in every 12 months, how are you going, are you still on track, um, what's your plans now, you know, that, that sort of thing. So it's it's communication. That's That's the key. That's how I build the relationships up. That's awesome. That's gold. So I guess the three things that I got out of that from you then are like your number one thing is maintaining relationships and that involves asking the right questions and making sure you listen to the answers and follow up. Number two would be that you definitely over deliver in what you say, what you promise people. And then the third thing is like you do have a focus around customer attention. So when I think about customer attention, I guess do you have a system with how you handle your customer attention or is it just something that you do on an ad hoc basis? A bit of both. Um, There is a system. I have a a diary system that sends me an email when the client's due for their annual review. Um, I also friend a lot of my clients on Facebook and now I know there are some businesses that think that's taboo but... I become friends with my clients. Like we've gone through a lot together to get them their house or their business or whatever. So we become quite connected. So when I'm seeing their life in Facebook and I see, oh, they've just got married or or they've, um, they've had a baby, then I will send them something. Um, so that's the ad hoc part of it. But the, the, the annual reviews, there's definitely a reminder system for those. Um, this just last year, I sent Christmas cards with little charms in every single Christmas card, and it was just—I was really interested to see what charms people got because I thought I believe in in um, in fate, and I believe that whatever that charm was for that client was the right one. And and you know, the response that I got back was, yeah, you know, it did mean something when I opened it up. It was really relevant to what was happening at that particular time for them. So that was really cool and something a bit different. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, that's what I do, a bit of both, a bit of the ad hoc and a bit of the um, structured reminders. Perfect. And one thing I wanted to ask you, I guess, is have you automated, like uh, our listeners love hearing about automation, I guess at any part, because your business is, I guess, very hands-on and very people-to-people, have you been able to automate um, any of your business? 
Yes, I'm one. I love technology, and I love how technology can make our job easier and quicker, more efficient. So I've got quite a few things. I've got an online booking system, and that online booking system sends the client a reminder that they've got an appointment. Um, it gives them a link to the address, so they can click on it on their phone, and it goes straight through to Google Maps, so they know exactly where they're going. Um, I've also got a system called File Invite, which I send to clients before an appointment and it's a portal where people can upload their supporting documents. And I love it because when they send me the documents, I can give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Um, if it's a thumbs down, I'll send a little note and say, we still need this. Um, if it's a thumbs up, it goes green and they know that that category is satisfied. Um, and it's just a really easy, convenient way that we can both see what's still outstanding. Um, what else do I do? Uh, automation. So I have this wonderful app called Wonderlist and I put in reminders in that Wonderlist and that just sends me an email when something is due. Um, so I don't have to, I don't have to go anywhere to look for it. It just sends me the reminder. Um, what else have I got? Um, that's, that's probably it, I think. For the technology side of things perfect like we all have all these um i guess all these little tips and tricks that other people are really curious to find out so that's gold um now tell me a little bit about i guess when you first opened your business to where it is now like what's been the contrast there uh when i first opened my business um i guess I'll, I'll refer to it as it is in its current form. So as a mortgage broker, um, I was, I didn't have many clients and I guess I was hungry for business. So I would make thousands of calls. I would cold call. Um, I would, I would just call, 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 call. I um, was very, very um, keen to get the business. Um, the downside of that is that you can you can appear um, needy and desperate. Yeah. And I don't think that vibe comes through very well um, when you're dealing with clients. I think now in my business, yes, I still I still I'm still hungry for business, but I'm not desperate for business. And so when I'm interacting with clients, that comes through in my language, um, and they can see that um, you know I'm not desperate to have their business so yeah and I think also when I first started the business um I wanted to be all things to all people so I wanted to deal I wanted to prove to every single person that I met that I could do something for them yeah whereas now when I meet people if I don't click with them so say you know another business partner if it doesn't feel right and we don't click then I don't want to work with that person because we're not going to be on the same page. We're not going to have the same ethics. We're not going to deal with clients the same way. So I learned, I've learned um, to say, no, I don't want to deal with that person. So that's how things have changed, I guess, from the beginning until now. And are you a standalone or how is your business looking now in terms of how have you been able to scale it? Yeah, so I am 
I'm the only writer, I guess, but I have uh, an admin support person and I have also other resources that I rely on. So I have a graphic designer, I have a copywriter, I have a bookkeeper. So there's all those small menial tasks within the business that I, they're, they're not my area of expertise, so I offload them. Um, so if I want to do some marketing writer, this is the message I want to get out and they'll come up with the, the content and then I go to the graphic designer and say, here's the content, give me the pictures, you know. So um, so even though I'm a one-man band, I'm not a one-man band, if that makes sense, I have lots of uh, people who are experts in their field that support me in the business. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I always love to find out from other business owners, there's it always seems to be a turning point of when you decide to not do everything yourself. So I guess what, what happened or when did that happen for you? Um, yeah, it's funny because I remember I had a business coach at one particular point in time and he was saying to me, what's the hourly rate that you would put on your own services and what's the hourly rate that you would, um, you know, would, that a bookkeeper would charge you or, or, or whatever. Um, and when you don't have any money, it's really hard to outsource. Um, but I think you have to start off small. You have to sort of go, okay, what is the most important thing for me to outsource right now and how will that benefit my business? Will I be able to use that time to generate more business? Um, so the first thing I did was the bookkeeping. I just got so sick and tired of doing my own baths and weeding through through um, receipts. So that was the first thing to go. Um, what was the next thing? Um, Probably the graphic designer. When I needed when I needed my website done, I thought I am no good at this. I am not going to be able to make this myself. This is going to be a good investment if I get someone else to do it. So, and she's amazing. You know, I can get her to do the smallest jobs um, or the biggest jobs. And yeah, she's she's awesome. She's good. She's a, a good resource to have in my back pocket. Um, and and the copywriter, yeah, she's amazing as well. Like. You know, yes, I could write my own stuff, but it's not what I like doing and I tend to drag my feet and I probably waste three or four days, at, you know, agonising over writing this damn thing when I could have given it to someone who was done in 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, yeah. And it's like it just like is ideal and you are doing it perfectly that you're actually working to your strengths and you're not doing all the things and getting bogged down in stuff that you don't like doing or you're not good at doing. Um, so that's a great lesson for all business owners. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes I think I let go of things too easily and I, <laughs> I like if, if something happened to my graphic designer and, and she couldn't work anymore, I'd have no idea how to access my website. Like I have no idea how to change anything because I've just given her that total responsibility. I don't know. I don't care. You deal with it. But if something happened to her, I'd, I'd be stuffed. Well, now you know <laughs> what you need to work on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and even with the admin support with my, um, with my loans and stuff, like once an application is submitted and she's tracking it behind the scenes, I just like, you run with it. Um, you tell me when you need me. If she goes on holidays, man, I'm frantic. What is it she does? What do I have to do? You know? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I muddle my way through when I get there. 
<laughs> She's not allowed to have many holidays. I've told her that. <laughs> okay, so now I know from my own experience that getting a loan any type of loan for a business owner and someone self-employed is super challenging at times, I guess. So how can you help people in, in their circumstances, in that circumstance, which is your niche? Yeah, so that's interesting. It does appear to be hard and um, I think it's because most business owners go directly to their banks and the bank staff, I'm not. I'm going to be very careful the way I choose my words. They are, sometimes are not um, very well educated in reading financial statements. That's the first thing. And also, if it doesn't fit in a certain box for that particular bank, they say no, we can't do it. Whereas when you when you come and see me, I'll have a look at it and I'll say, okay, well I know this doesn't fit this bank that bank this bank but we could possibly structure it like this and go somewhere else now it might be I've got one at the moment where a client went directly to a bank for a $20,000 business loan which is not very much and the bank said no um, and they've come to me and I've had a look at it and I've said okay you just recently bought this equipment I think we can actually do a buyback arrangement and you can use that equipment that you've already purchased as security for your loan and that's not something a bank will talk to them about, you know. So it's just about um, looking at things from a different angle, you know. Um, clients don't fit, business owners don't fit in a box. Every business is different and they have to be assessed on their individual situation. And it does depend on what what they're applying for. If it's a business loan or if it's a home loan or it's a car loan or, you know, it's got to be assessed. Each transaction has to be assessed on its own merits. There's no there's no one way to fit it and I think that's what the banks are doing wrong. Um, and the banks also don't know what other options are out there for clients, whereas, you know, I've got access to the banks and then all these other business loan opportunities as well. So, yeah, just about knowing where it fits. Perfect. And how, I guess, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they need your help? Uh, they can either book an appointment on my website. So there's a phone appointment appointment booking or they can book a meeting time to come and see me um, they can also get to me on my Facebook page um, or they can call me directly on my mobile so or email me however they want <laughs> multiple streams but your website is mwmortgageandwealth.com.au for anyone out there that's interested well I would love to thank you for coming on the show and we look forward to speaking to you again you are amazing and you gave everyone some really great value thank you so much Margaret Thank you. See ya. In our next episode, you're going to hear from the amazing Angela Mellett from a physiotherapy practice in Queensland. She's going to go through with you how she's gone from bankruptcy to success in a matter of years.